another episode of the anarchist experience episode 408 aka year eight week 36 uh coming at you this week as always i am your host mr richie rich along with mc and since this is your regularly scheduled saturday broadcast uh we do it on clubhouse find us there the anarchist experience is the name of the club or you can at me at riches for rich r-i-c-h-e-s the number four r-i-c-h and I will click the little button to notify you that we are indeed live. And we do that somewhere around 3 p.m. Eastern time, Saturday afternoon. So if you want to participate in the show, uh, that's the time to do it. If you don't want to participate in the show, fine, whatever. We don't need you. We'll do it anyway. Um, but that's that's where we do it on the clubhouse for now. Um, what is going on with you this week, MC? Oh, lots of things. So much chaos happening. Uh, and it's hilarious. Lots of funny stuff. Um, Go on. First... First, I wanted to say uh, I do have a slight hangover, and I really appreciate that that uh, you don't drink, and that's that's uh, highly uh, commendable. And it's, you're probably not doing it for for uh, uh, appraisal, but um, yeah, it's really cool. So okay, I, I I have this this feeling like if if I don't drink, like like if I go like two weeks without drinking. I just start to miss it. I'm like, yeah, I wonder what it would be like to get drunk again. And then I do it. (laughs) (laughs) And is there regret that follows that? Yeah, there's, you know, a headache or whatever, but it's just, it's just, uh, I like it. And, and I don't want to like it. You know, I wish I could just hit a switch and be like, actually, I think they made something like that. that Uh, You could take some. And a ball or something. And now, yeah. I forget. Yeah, wow. there, there's some. It's some into that. You take something and it makes it taste like charcoal or, or something. I forget what it is, but okay. Yeah. So, I appreciate the commendation, but I I will be real with you. There's the only thing that prevents me from drinking is that I don't like the taste of alcohol. Like that's it. Sure. I don't. Sure. I don't have a moral objection to it. You know, some days I'm like, man, I wish I could be like everybody else and just fucking get drunk, and then you know. Because you know mental health and all. Um, well, I don't know if it's good for mental health. But <laughs> well, sometimes it'd be nice to just like clear my brain of every other thought that's going through it. And drinking sure. and drugs always seems like an exit, whether it's a healthy exit or not. But sometimes it definitely feels like it's the better alternative to whatever else is going on. But I just don't like the taste of alcohol, and yeah. so whereas I don't drink frequently, and it's probably been several years at this point. Uh, I will do a shot of fireball. Um, okay. and that's, you know, I've never been drunk off of it cause I don't, you know, I still don't want the, you know, the hangover that you're experiencing, but you know, if someone goes like, Hey, I got some fireball. I'm like, you know, and I'm not driving or anything. I'm like, ah, fuck it, I'll take a shot. I've, I've been drunk on fireball too. Okay. <laughs> Oddly enough, like fireball was in the news getting sued, uh, because they're like, they branded their whisk their cinnamon whiskey drink 
similar to their uh, cinnamon beverage or something. Like one says fireball cinnamon and one says fireball cinnamon whiskey. And they're so similar. Um, they're so similar on the packaging that people who buy fireball cinnamon did not realize that they were not buying fireball cinnamon whiskey. Um, and so they're like, this is, you know, whatever. <laughs> and they're suing over it. Yeah. That's that does not even whiskey in here. I'm like, yeah, that's why it's got a different label than fireball cinnamon whiskey. Um, hmm. I wonder if it was any good. I don't know. Well, I, I meant to go check, right? Because I was gifted like three small bottles of what I believe to have been fireball cinnamon whiskey. Right. But I didn't read the label that closely. So I'm wondering, I'm like, I wonder if the gift was actually fireball cinnamon and the gift giver did not realize, you know, the error, you know, mm. not that, not that it would like take any, be anything, any less of a gift. Right. But it would just be curious to, you know, to know that we fell victim uh, to this little ploy by Chirac or whatever, however you pronounce their name. Um, <clears throat> right on. But yeah, that's it. There's, you know, and the, in, in, and the drinking thing. Um, you know, that's, that's the main reason why. So there's commendable, sure, but nothing, nothing to write home. About. I will also say this. One of the reasons why I don't smoke, right, is because early in life, there were people around me who did. And I would ask them, like, what's the immediate effect when you smoke? And they're like, well, it tastes terrible and you cough a lot. And I'm like, so why did you do it a second time? You know, like, <laughs> To me, that was enough. Like I didn't, I need not hear more than that to know that I did not want to participate in that. Uh, and similarly, you know, when we're young and uh, like my my parents, let me let me rephrase that. My mom and my stepdad would was cool with us drinking, even though I didn't participate. Like they were mm-hmm. the the cool parents are like just pour it in a red cup so nobody knows what it is, type of thing. And drink when you're at home so you don't get arrested and do anything stupid when you're out type of thing and i you know i appreciate that for my stepbrothers and my sisters and and whatever um but i do recall right being over at a friend's house in the neighborhood you know just across the street and her parents were out and so everyone was having fun and drinking or whatever and all of a sudden someone shouted cops and one of our (laughs) older friends decided like that was the appropriate time to just chug the rest of the bottle (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Oh, no, we got to get rid of it. Panic. I don't even remember what they were drinking, but he drank the rest of it. Oh, um, that's going to hurt. Yeah. And so, you know, the, the, the it wasn't even a, it was a false alarm, too. So the party continued. Um, but I also remember him, like, face down in the grass in the front yard, right, just miserable, going like, oh, I think I got a puke. And they said, like, find the bucket. And he's, like, face down in the grass, you know, doing the reach-out thing, like, feeling around for the bucket that's nowhere near him, close enough. And then they go, like, well, at least make it to the rocks. And so he (laughs) digs into the lawn and, like, pulls himself to the rocks that line the front wall, you know, in front of the grass and vomits into the rocks, right? And then he was miserable the next day, and he was, like, never again. Like, you know, like, that was... That was the worst I've ever felt in my life ever. And so I've, you know, I've witnessed friends and family in this, you know, deep hungover state. Mm-hmm. And I go, you know, I got shit to do tomorrow. <laughs> There's no way I can waste a whole day recovering from a hangover. That's just, 
that is not in the cards for me. And so that, uh, you know, that alongside with not liking the taste of alcohol at all, uh, made it really easy to, to not get into the whole drinking game. But it also means that I don't have like fun at bars either. Cause like, what am I going to go to a bar food fucking bar, you know, bar four bar food. No, <laughs> I'm not going in a drink. I'm not going to go there to eat. I'll go to a normal restaurant and get food. Yeah. But you know, the, the, the whole culture around that is lost on me. So I do feel like I've missed out a little bit. So if you drink, and, don't feel and, bad. And, Just, you know. And that person that said never again, probably did it again next week. No, he didn't. I don't know. Oh. Like, you know, we lost, obviously we lost touch. You know, okay. we all went our separate ways. So I don't know. You know, he, I can almost guarantee you he did it again. Uh, <laughs> but it was, I had not seen him drink again after that. Like he went a yeah. good, you know, several years without hitting the bottle pretty hard. I mean, we were, we were in high school and he was older. So he was either a senior or already out of high school when all this happened. Um, you know, so, so life caught up to him quicker than it was for the rest of us. Um, I think right I seen on. him once and one time hanging out, you've been to my mom's house, but hanging out at my mom's house, he was walking down the street once with his brothers and, you know, it was hardly recognizable from when I seen him in high school and it didn't seem like, you know, like, Hey, and then eh, it was nothing. So not even a conversation, <laughs> but I will never forget. Right. I will never forget the, you know, the, the crawling, the misery as he felt around for a bucket that he couldn't reach and then had to drag himself to the side of the, of the lawn because he couldn't get up. And then the, you know, the, the never again, right? The, 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 the epiphany of what he had done was enough for me to go like, I will learn from his lesson, right? Lesson learned. You don't need to teach me. I've experienced vicariously through this gentleman. And I know that's something I don't want to go through personally. And so if, and when I do drink, you know, it's always been like sips here and there a little bit just to get the taste of the flavor and like, okay, I don't like it. Except for Fireball, Fireball, Fireball Cinnamon Whiskey, I will, I will totally do a shot of that. But we'll probably, I will, you know, I'm a big dude, so I don't know how many it would take to get me buzzed or drunk. But I would stop probably around the buzz phase. Like I have no desire to get drunk off of that stuff. All right, but I appreciate. All right, it. moving on. <laughs> so real so, stuff. Uh, now. So, something really funny happened in the news, or uh, actually, it happened a long time ago. But the video for it came out recently. And uh, that's the attack of uh, attack on Paul Pelosi at his house in San Francisco, I think. Yeah. And uh, anyway, everybody should check it out if they want to see Paul Pelosi get hit by a hammer. <laughs> it's the most bizarre. So I did watch the video and pre-show I shared with you that I didn't think I'd seen the whole video. But you said it's a really short video and I probably had. And so my my take on it was it was a little bizarre, right? Like. The cops show up, they open the door, and they look like two toddlers who've just been caught by their parents, right? Deer in the headlights. Uh, what's going on? They, they're both holding the hammer. And, and he even says, I don't remember which one said it. Yeah, everything's okay. Yeah. And right well, before the cop says, uh, can you drop the hammer? <laughs> yeah. Well, if you, you know, I didn't, again, I didn't watch it more than once, but it was probably, <laughs> it was probably the attacker who said everything's okay. Like, oh no, it's yeah. just two dudes hanging out playing with the hammer. Yeah. yeah. Just, just playing with a hammer. Just playing with a hammer. <laughs> I don't know about you, but sometimes we do, we do work late at night. Yeah, uh, we were going to hammer some wood, but then you showed up and yeah. <laughs> but he, again, he looked like, you know, they looked like two toddlers who had just been caught, you know, but, and then he was like, drop the hammer. And then at that point in time, it looks like, you know, the attacker realizes 
he's going to be in trouble no matter what, right? Like mm-hmm. I'm going, he's the toddler going like, I'm going to get in trouble for this. I'm going to maximize my opportunity here. And then so in front of the cops, just waylays on Paul Pelosi with the hammer. And again, be, you know, because of who he is, not I'm not sympathetic to the situation at all. Like, I don't care. Uh, <laughs> either one of them. Either one of them. <laughs> But then when the cops rush in, they like, they trample him in order to get like, in order to get to the bad guy. Like that was like the most important thing to do was like, you know, the dude just got hit with a hammer and you're trying to apprehend the assailant. Right. And so you stomp all over Paul Pelosi. And so when I stopped watching the video, they were, you know, in the process of, of, uh, of, you know, arresting the assailant. And Paul Pelosi is still like just chilling on the ground, just knocked unconscious or whatever, like not moving. And they're just, you know, all over him. Oh, I know. I Okay. So the part of the video I didn't watch, apparently there was another angle or something from the, the home video security cam or whatever of, mm. of the assailant breaking in, because that was one of the big uh, conspiracy theories. Like when you break into a house and you smash the glass, I don't know about you, but the glass smashes inward. And this glass was all over the outside of the house as if someone had smashed it outward from the inside. Um, and so they released the footage of that, and I didn't watch the, the glass getting smashed. Or oh, so he did break in? Allegedly. Yeah, I mean, again, okay. I, oh. I want to confirm that because they have video footage of it. But having chosen not to watch that video footage, um, I will I will not maybe, say with any certainty. Maybe the break-in footage was staged. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, you know, that's, that's the 4D chess that people yeah. on the right will go to like, well, of course they have to stage the footage after the fact to make it look like what they well, it took them long enough to release it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Anything could have happened between now and then. Yeah. Yeah. So I didn't, I didn't want, you know, again, it wasn't a big enough story for me to care about the conspiracy side of things on the breaking aspect of it. But the, you know, the, the arrest was hilarious enough. Just, deer in the headlights toddlers getting in trouble and then the younger brother just going i'm gonna hit him anyway fuck it womp yeah so i i was uh speculating that that maybe it was a really good idea to try to uh attack paul pelosi at that moment in front of the cops because uh you know he is going to get in trouble no matter what because this is a rich powerful dude right right and so you would want as much uh news possible on it and to get the most people on it to to see it happen so that you could make some other story about you know why you're there or whatever and so that just that your story if it is a halfway decent one would at least get out but let's say the cops just show up and there's no incident happens um then you know paul pelosi might just make sure you go to jail for the rest of your life and and nobody even knows you or or what you did or what anything so yeah uh, I don't know. I'm, I don't, I'm speculating. I, I, I don't think he's that smart. I don't think, I mean, they, they looked like they were on drugs or something. But <laughs> Right. And that, you know, that's, that was part of the conspiracy as well, that he was, you know, in a, in a romantic tryst with the gentleman. Sure. And I don't, it's, I wouldn't doubt that either. Right. But, it's, but it seems like it was a break in at this point. It, it seems like it was a break in at this point. And it's, a, it's weird. It's still it's still dumbfounding, right, or confounding that the home of someone in the position of power that Nancy Pelosi is in was broken into so easily without incident, right? 
Oh, that's not surprising to me. Really? Yeah, you don't. You I'm, don't think you. You don't think the person are, third in just, line to the presidency has a little bit more security on their on houses their home? are just houses for the most part. No, 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 no. Houses are not just houses, man. Like, okay. I again, I've I you know I've I've worked for a number of home security companies, um, and even my tiny ass apartment here um, is is secure, right? As secure as I as secure as I can get it on my budget right so a house a house like nancy pelosi number one is going to have cameras everywhere is going to should should i say should should have well, they, cameras, they have cameras right what's that they did have cameras right yeah but the the minute the glass is broken it should be an immediately immediate call to the cops right because okay. they have they have glass break detectors they have a little sensor okay. and if it hears glass break it goes but sound the alarm and then everyone in the house is alerted that the alarm has gone off Right, well, the I mean, burglar the, who's breaking in is alerted that they have been caught, or the they're about to get caught. The cops did show up. Well, that's because Paul Pelosi made a nine one one call. All right, like he was well. hanging out with the this. Is the, that's the other weird thing that set off the conspiracy theorist. Right, apparently he was like engaged with the guy at some point, excused himself to the bathroom, and started making a nine one one call that was partially monitored by the assailant. Like the assailant let him make a phone call and was like, "I'm, I'm, I'm listening to you," right? So he made he made the nine one one call surreptitiously and made it sound <laughs> like he was talking to somebody else, right? But you don't you don't get that far if the alarm is set, which it should be, on the home of the you know I'm going to say the person third in line to the presidency, right? Yeah. Like that's well, there's there's obviously things going on that we don't know about. Um, and maybe never will, but uh, seventy years they'll they'll declassify the information. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, that's that's the part that's suspect to me, right? Okay, it's it's a break in, but a house that powerful has to have more security than that, right? It's, it's not Paul Pelosi just chilling at home all by himself, no guards, you know, security cameras, but no one monitoring him. Right, no alarms, no alarms going off to you know to to scare off the burglar, right? Like, again, no proof, but suspect, suspect in my opinion. Yeah, that was really weird. The whole thing anyway, is really weird. Moving on, sure. What else you got? Um, I wanted to touch up on the Crowder thing. So, uh, Stephen Crowder versus Daily Wire. Okay, um, is there an update, Crowder- or are we just gonna? Uh, not much of one, um, but but Crowder did uh, a Tim Pool interview where he was making the claim again that well, it's just it's not just about the money, it's not about the money. And then Mark Dice just this morning released a video saying, well, basically it is. Um, so um, it's it's a little bit of both. Um, so there's, uh, I'll give credit to Stephen Crowder. He he has the one line item in in the contract uh, in the negotiation. It says uh, that you know he will be de- demonetized if if he joins Daily Wire, uh, or actually he will lose twenty five percent plus of of his money if he gets uh, kicked off of YouTube. Right. So demonetized and kicked off. Um, and uh, Stephen Crowder told him that that was up front from the beginning that 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 was a, a non starter that 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 cannot be in the contract. And so after that point. The, the two should have just went separate ways. Um, well, maybe. Then, I mean, it's a non-starter. It's a non-negotiable, right? But you can still negotiate around that, 
Yeah, but Daily, Daily Wire <clears throat> would would not do that. So okay. they're they're, All right. they're they're both they're they're non-starters for both sides. Okay, Daily yeah. Wire says this has to be in the contract, and uh, Stephen Crowder, Crowder says, says this can't be in the contract. It can't be in the contract. So okay. it's they're, they're, the the thing the the whole it's idea non-negotiables is from both sides. Yeah. Okay. And and there's there's good reasons for both from both sides. Um, yeah. I, I get your point that okay, well, Daily Wire should uh, branch outside of YouTube. That's that's a good argument, um, but they just don't do that. And you know they have their right. way of doing things, and that's the way they do them. And it's and it's not um, just that they should, right? It's that in the if if you're making that much money, right? In the event that YouTube shuts you down, you should be you should be able to migrate your audience to a different platform. That was part of my sure. point. Like s- sure. smaller outlets are beholden and, to YouTube because they're not making the kind of money that would allow them to move an audience of that size. And, and, and they would if it came to that. But I, right. I think Daily Wire is just comfortable operating how they are. Right. So, um, and on the, on the other part uh, of it, uh, Crowder explained that, well, he, he probably is worth more money as long as he can get his mailing list back up to the numbers he had when he was with the Blaze. There you go. And... Um, and so I, I am hopeful that he does, uh, do good with rumble and other outlets, but he'll, he will still probably be on, on YouTube, even though right. he's not monetized there. And, and that's that another was, thing. The mailing he, list he was, was Ernie Hancock's position a long time ago. Like you can't be beholden to the outlet. You have to have your own separate list so that people will be able to find you when you move. Right. Sure, the the sure. people who get on the mailing, you have to like, that's. That's the money thing because for whatever reason, right, email um, can't be stopped, right? And if it can be stopped, it won't be stopped the same way that they, you know, they can kick you off a platform, right? If you, if you have the list, you can take that to any email carrier or multiple email carriers or however you want to do that and still be able to get your message out to the people that want to receive it from you. Sure. And, and you'll be able to monetize them. And so right. they, they have a... <clears throat> Uh, both Daily Wire and Mug Club and everything else has a su- subscription base where where you can uh, you know create whatever content you want and it's not going to be on uh, free free media so it won't be on Rumble it won't be on YouTube it'll just be on uh, on their own server or something where they can say whatever they want and they can they you know they won't be censored that way yep um, and and that's kind of the model that that Daily Wire has too except they do get so much of their uh, money in, in uh, advertising on YouTube. And so that's why it's part of their business. Um, but yeah, I, re- I really hope uh, Crowder succeeds, but I still uh, think that what Crowder was doing was, was creating drama so that he could get more uh, views. So everybody would join his new mug club and that's, um, well, it's fine. Well played like, I, then. Yeah. Drama is, you know, hard to create sometimes. And, you know, if, if that's your business model is creating drama to get views to, you know, so that you can uh, be a comedian uh, talk show host, then <laughs> have at it. Like it's, it's actually, you know, the, the whole fight is actually, you know, probably a net positive for the, the conservative movement or whatever, just because yeah. it gets people watching it. <laughs> you know? I mean, I'm a, I'm a fan of pro wrestling and I've, you know, a long, long ago used to buy the pro wrestling biographies that would come out. Cause that was on my reading list. And there was one, um, called like controversy creates cash. 
right? That mm-hmm. was the title of the book. And I don't, you know, I don't remember much of the, the contents of the book, but the, me- the basic message was, you know, we were successful as a pro wrestling promotion because we did all the controversial things, right? That no matter your eyes were drawn to the car wreck. Yeah. No matter well, what. they, they would do something where like, if they got accused by an outside network or, you know, a third party, they would amplify it themselves. Right. Like, oh, we're already in the news. Great. <laughs> yeah, let's, exactly. let's bring this into the, onto the, the center stage. Let's talk about it. <laughs> let's talk about it. And let's talk about it in a forum where we control the messaging. Right. Yeah. But you, some, sometimes it would get really out of control and it didn't matter because people were watching it. <laughs> yeah. That's, you know, that's. It it well okay in circum in certain circumstances it it can grow out of control, mm-hmm. um, and I do think that some of that has to be well managed from the outside, right? Like, um, I don't know how. Yeah, but these but these are you know big dumb wrestlers trying to come up with stuff off the top of their head while they're you know hitting each other. So sometimes yeah, well, it doesn't not, always. No, no, no. This is this is the executive, These are the executives in the back going like, "What are we going to do for a story?" That's sure. going to create some drama, right? Yeah, you know, yeah, out, yeah. Outside of the wrestling business. And, you know, like, and that's the way they were successful in the 90s. But, mm. the, you know, it, it carries through, right? Like, you know, celebrity gossip, news rags, tabloids, right? They're all hunting for someone to step out of line and do something terrible so they, they can pounce on them, right? And that's what, you know, gets people or keeps people in the news. You do, you do yeah. something controversial and people are talking about you. All of a sudden, you have, you know, minor celebrity status that you didn't have before, right? Yeah. And then you amplify your own platform that way. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to drop any names, but there, you know, I I can think of examples where I get concerned that the the character being portrayed by the individual for the sake of drumming up drama becomes too intertwined with the individual personality. And the individual sure. gets lost to the gimmick, right? <clears throat> so, you know, w- within within the libertarian realm, right? The the Mises Caucus people, um, the the whole takeover of the Libertarian Party. Um, I think that you know that has the potential to garner attention based on the drama that they have drummed up, um, but sometimes, right? The the controversial things that get said are either leaking the real personality of the individuals, which isn't good, um, or, you know, that, that character morphs the individual to actually thinking that way. Mm-hmm. Right. Like I had a, I had a, um, I don't want to call it a debate with the, with the captain from free talk live off of free talk live, just a private discussion because he was talking about like the, you know, the libertarian to alt-right pipeline. And it was like, the pipeline doesn't exist. <laughs> I'm like, the pipeline totally exists. You know, he's like, well, okay. how does it exist? I go, well, people get into libertarianism or whatever. And they, they read, they read Mises and Mises is like, you know, the, the grandfather, if you will. Um, and then, you know, they go like, oh, this Mises guy knows some stuff. What else do you got? And then they read Rothbard right? and they go like, oh, you know, the, you know, the, 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 the lineage of Mises thoughts continued. And this makes a whole bunch of sense. And that's where a lot of libertarians stop. And, you know, the, the free market, anarcho-capitalist libertarians are like, Rothbard is my hero. Um, and I have said in the past that I don't have any heroes, but if I did, he would be one of them. Um, 
you know, and then people go like, well, what is, how do you, how do you practically apply, you know, the theories and concepts laid out in Rothbard and then they find Hans Hermann Hoppe, right? And that dude is racist. And so they, and so they read Hans Hermann Hoppe, they go like, oh, that makes sense. We'll just exclude everyone we don't like, including those minorities, which is perfectly acceptable under libertarian, you know, general theory of exclusion. Um, but they go down that rabbit hole and, you know, then, then they end up on the alt-right and the cat and, you know, in talking to the captain, like I've explained this pipeline to him and his response was, well, there can't be that many of them. <laughs> you know, I go like, well, there's, there's more than you think. Yeah. Right. But as a, you know, as a percentage of the total population, right. Libertarians aren't a very big percentage, you know, mm-hmm. as a percentage of libertarians and narco capitalists aren't a very big percentage. And as a percentage of that, right. The people that make it through the pipeline, uh, you know, aren't a very large percentage of that. So you're right on the whole, it's not, you know, it's not an exorbitant amount of people. He goes, well, it sounds more like a trickle than a pipeline. I go, well, now you're just fucking mixing metaphors, you know, like there's multiple definitions for pipeline. It doesn't have to be, you know, like the fucking Nord Stream pipeline or the oil pipeline or the Keystone pipeline that's transferring a whole bunch of oil from one place to another, right? The pipeline exists regardless of how much oil is flowing through it at any given time. It's not a pipeline just when it's got, you know, maximum pressure from one end to the other. It's a pipeline because it's there and people are free to travel down it. And this is the where this is the direction that people travel down it. Um, yeah, I don't know. I I kind of think you know with the Hans uh, Hoppe thing, it's uh, what what I usually say is you know people believe what they want to believe, and so that there there's people that that are already in that mindset anyway, and and Hoppe just uh, gives them permission to go with it. So I don't know if it's converting people, but um, it's uh, it is it is an outlet for sure for for that kind of uh, you know racist ideology. Well, and again, that's I, that's one of the admitted problems with libertarianism, right? Is racism is allowed, right? It's racism is consistent with libertarian principles, and people don't want to admit that. And so if they're, you know, yeah, sort of, I don't know. No, it's, it's absolutely, well, it's not even sort of. If, if you're talking about, uh, who you let in your country, then, then it's, then it's, it shouldn't be allowed because you're, if you're excluding somebody because of the color of their skin, then that's, uh, has nothing to do with libertarianism. Well, it, in your example, no, but in your example, you have to be more specific when you say your country. Exactly. There's and no that's, one. That's the thing. So, so Hans Hermann Hoppe uses language tricks to, to, to convince people that the country they live in is their country. And it's not, <laughs> you know, it's like, right. <laughs> but like right now, if, if uh, Trump said, I can't bring a Mexican from Mexico over the border, that's, Racist, basically. I don't know if it's, well, not. Well, it depends. Should, is it, is it I, Trump's I shouldn't, country? I shouldn't, I shouldn't say racist because, he, you know, Trump is a, uh, a nationalist and he doesn't want people from other nations. So, but um, uh, it's still, it's still wrong. It's anti-freedom. It's not, it's not 
it's not libertarian to say people from Mexico can't come over uh, because they're from Mexico. It well, it's, it's anti-libertarian because it presumes ownership of the country, right? Yeah. Well, but that it, too. I mean, you have to start with that. And that's, and that's what Hans Hermann Hoppe says is he says, well, well, if you pay taxes and, and then, then it's yours. It's like, well, what about the other people that pay taxes? Shouldn't, shouldn't their opinion count too? Well, that's, <laughs> you know? why, that's why you take a vote, man. Right? That's, <laughs> that's, that's, that's the flaw in the system. Right. But if you have, if you have private property, right. And you, you and several libertarians come together and conjoin your, your land. I, I, I will grant you that, but, but Hans Hermann Hoppe, if, if you read his, his stuff, he doesn't get into if it's private or not. And that's, that's the word trick that you're discussing. Yeah. yeah. And, it, and it's wrong. It's just, it's so wrong that it's like, uh, you're, you're, you're saying, um, uh, his what, example what, is wrong when you when you take it to the level of the country, right? Mm-hmm. But what what I'm saying is racism is consistent with libertarianism because one of the fundamental uh, foundational principles of libertarianism um, is voluntary association and private property rights, right? Yeah, I I, I get that. But, That's it. Um, but and and if uh, I can uh, if uh, I can associate with whom I want, and I can exclude people from my property at my leisure. Right, then I can be as racist as I want and be consistent with the principles of libertarianism. <clears throat> but you can't force that on other people, and that's what Hans Hermann Hoppe does. Well, because when when you extrapolate that to the level that he does, right, the only way in a, in in modern society, the only way to retain control over your little covenant community, right, is to defend it against encroachment and then people who would vote against you and against your own best interest. And that's when you get into the, you know, the, the Pinochet and chucking people out of helicopters and violently resisting encroachment from the left into your community because they will destroy it from within and you have to exclude them. And then they go like, and if you want to, and if you want your country to have this level of freedom, right, if you want to live in a free country, right, you have to actively exclude people who will vote to make it less free. And since that's the model we currently have, that's where people, you know, people apply hopping principles. You lost me there. Anyway, <laughs> moving on. Okay. Where, where did I lose you? You know, uh, I, 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 I don't know. My, my own thoughts got twisted around in my head while okay. you were talking and, and I lost track of. Well, I apologize then. No, no, it's not your fault. Okay. It's, it's because I have a slight hangover, which okay. you talked about. <laughs> Hopefully anyone listening understands, understands my point and. Right. No, I, I, I do understand your point, yeah. but uh, I, I still have to say that, that uh, don't follow Hans Hermann Hoppe. He's wrong. Yeah. It's, it's, it's undoable, and it's, it's not the right way. Um, uh, okay. if, if you want to do your own thing, uh, you know, fine. I don't, you know, I don't really care. <laughs> you know, there's, like, there's racists out there. They have their reasons, and I don't care. <laughs> you know, <laughs> Also fair, right? And, and part of that is like, from the libertarian perspective, like I don't want to associate with racists, yeah. and and so and, you and if I feel them. like bringing if I feel like bringing Mexicans over here, I will do that. Yes, and you <laughs> and you have every right to do that, right? Uh, you have every right to do that, as, as, so long as there is you know, so long as you have the property to accommodate them, right? Or are in the shared group 
of the people who, you know, consider the United States to be their collective property of some kind, right? Like on, on a small scale, right? This, this is my little thing um, that I take, I take small pleasure in doing, right? I admit that I am a litter bug, but only okay. on public property. <laughs> okay. Because if, from my perspective, right, if we collectively own public property, I am just redecorating, right? I think that candy wrapper looks good right there. You may disagree with me, but since we have equal rights to it, right, how are we going to resolve this? I'm simply going to redecorate, and then you will come behind me and redecorate yet again. And the next time I'm passing through, I will redecorate again, and you will come behind me and redecorate again. Same with graffiti on public property, right? Like, you know, on a, on a public wall, a member of the public goes, I think this wall looks prettier with my logo on it, right? And so he spray paints his logo on it, and then someone else from the public comes behind him and goes, like, I think this wall looks better plain white. And so they paint the wall white, right? And back and forth they go because there's, there's, no, there's no natural recourse if both have the same claim to it. Right, you you claim to be able to paint it with your brand, and I claim to be able to paint it white. Um, and until we resolve this, right, back and forth we shall go, and so on and so forth. Right, like you know, there's a there's a movement here in in Manchester, New Hampshire, where I live, where they're evicting homeless people from the public sidewalk. Uh, how can you do that? Right, I know homeless is a problem in Hawaii as well. But like, how can you do that? You can't evict people from a public place. They have equal rights to it, right? The, the homeless person has every right to be on that part of the sidewalk as anybody else. And if he were standing there, right, as you walk by, you tried to push him out of the way, right, you would, you would be guilty of assault, right? But because he's there longer than accepted, right, he's standing in the same spot for too long. We must get him to move. You know, all of a sudden it becomes an issue. But it's public, Right, the solution is obvious. It needs to be private. It needs to be private in in in, in the same vein. Right, we'll go back to Hans Hermann Hoppe. Right, it go, it needs to be private in the same vein that you have the right to exclusivity over that property, and the right of exclusion, and can remove people who violate that right of exclusion by any means necessary. Right, but as long as it's public, whether whether they're taxpayers or not, right, or they're tax recipients or not, right, that's a flaw in the system. That's a that's an exploited flaw in the system that you can't you can't you can't penalize the person exploiting the system, you know, the same way you can't be mad at businesses who take advantage of tax loopholes, right? Because it's it's the system that's fucked up. Right? And they go like, ah, we you know, we took it all the loopholes we can and we don't have to pay taxes this year. Like, bravo, sir. Right? The system is flawed and you have taken advantage of it legally, right? The, the, the people are on the sidewalk because the system is flawed and they have taken advantage of it rightfully. And so the voluntary association, the, you know, the, the right of ex- exclus- exclusivity over on property, right, all fundamental to, you know, to the concepts of freedom and liberty and whatever, right? Defend against it. Someone steps all on right. your land, you can ask them to leave or you can force them to leave. Go ahead. All right. I agree. <laughs> Headlines. Um, we got one more story. Oh, okay, go for it. Yeah, that happened. Um, so Project Veritas did a sting 
hit on this. Oh, uh, yeah. See, I didn't hear about this. Go ahead. See, on the CEO, or not CEO, he's, he's, really t- he's really high. He's like number three on the Pfizer uh, system. He's, he's uh, someone responsible for coming up with uh, the next product to sell at Pfizer. So, and he's also very knowledgeable about how the vaccines are made and how viruses are made by men and manipulated by men. And so anyway, he's, he's spilling the, his guts on, uh, on, uh, what they, what they're looking into and they're looking. And so he says to this, to his date, he says, uh, yeah, we're, we're, we're looking at, um, uh, selectively mutating viruses so that we'll already have the next vaccine, you know, ready to go. And, All right. Uh, and so, and he also said, he said a lot of things. He said, you know, basically that the, that the, the strain that came out of China was, was definitely made in a lab. Um, and, uh, called the, 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 <clears throat> uh, they said if, if it was, uh, wild vi- virus. Well, that's all bullshit. It's not okay. It didn't. It didn't come from the wild. Um, and yeah, he he said so many things. So I I I I do recommend everybody check out Project Veritas. It's it's hilarious. And not only is is the the hidden video hilarious, but when they did the reveal to him, you know, they had him in, sitting in a restaurant, and and here here comes James O'Keefe, you know, hey, so uh, to catch a predator style, I, yeah. I'd, so you you were talking about viruses. Can I can I ask you some some questions about viruses? Is this is you, right? <laughs> he shows him the video. The guy stands up. He's like, "Is this is this real? I can't believe what what's going on. Is this real life?" <laughs> he was having a mental breakdown in the restaurant, and then and then he he tells them that they have to leave, and of course they don't. Right. And then he he starts calling the cops, and he Depends. starts videoing the, the restaurant, right? <laughs> going back to what we no, just talked about. He doesn't own the restaurant. All right, fair enough. The, but the, the, to be fair, the the owner of the restaurant did say, "No, we're not doing this here. You have to leave." And well, they there just you didn't. go. Uh, <clears throat> however, then the guy says uh, he's he's calling the cops, and he says, "No, now they can't leave." So the restaurant owner locks them in. Oh. <laughs> and that's kidnapping, but that is, you know, yeah. just, just to be fair, the, the business owner didn't know what she was doing. She's, uh, I guess probably not owner, but manager or whatever. Um, taking directions from the head of Pfizer. Yeah. Kind of, kind of an obvious, like dumb situation that they didn't know what to do. But since he was threatening and actually calling the cops, then she thought, well, if I lock people in, the cops will get here and everything will be sorted out. Yeah. You know, cause she, she didn't know what was going on. Or you just um, start filming them and the cops can figure out who it is and arrest them later. Yeah. Well, everybody was filming everybody at this point. Right. Yeah. And so it was hilarious. Uh, at one, at one point the guy is, is filming the, the restaurant owner while he's on the phone with the cops and James O'Keefe says, why are you recording her? I'm over here. <laughs> nice. It's so funny. At one at one point, the guy goes. He's 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 on the phone with the cops. He says, "There's one, two, three, four, five white people in here, and I'm feeling really unsafe." <laughs> <laughs> and James O'Keefe says, uh, "Why you got to bring race into this? <laughs> you would, would you like to talk about some viruses?" <laughs> so it's even the that, funny, it's the funniest video. <laughs> okay, so that's funny, and 
right? It's it's an it's an appropriate observation to make when you're describing assailants to the police, right? Six oh, foot sure, tall, sure. white guy, <laughs> right? He looked about five ten, dark skinned, right? Maybe with a Mexican accent. I don't know, right? But- Watch the video. It's it's obvious that he's trying to play the victim. Okay. No, I, and, I and believe he, and that. He, and he, he definitely believes he is a victim. He he explained to himself, you know, I'm just I'm just a I'm just a guy. I'm I'm a real person. Yeah. And like trying to you know like like yeah. And now you're totally screwed, and you're not going to have a job ever again. <laughs> so, I believe that, and yet it's I find it overbearing when people try to uh, when when people overtly try to avoid the race card when oh sure, sure active descriptions of people right yeah 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 like he's a black dude we all we all understand what a black dude generally looks like right mm-hmm. like we can differentiate that between like a chinaman and an american right or an asian or an ornamental as i've said in the past like we we know these things uh either learned or inherently right if i if i describe a five foot ten black guy you're not gonna arrest the Chinese dude who's walking down the street. Now, if I describe a five foot nine Chinese dude, the cops may very well arrest the black guy, and I have no control over that. But I'm going to call bad on that too. Uh, back to the Project Veritas thing. I'm going to I'm going to have uh, an unusual take on this, and I'm well aware that I may be in the minority. But when the you know when the, when the COVID SARS nineteen virus thing first came out and it's like ah oh, it probably came from a lab and it leaked out right I was like okay like what what do you think scientists do right like all every vaccine you know that it, that has come before right is in is in uh is developed to cure an ailment right that was debilitating human civilization right that's what they do and so if in a lab situation, scientists doing their job are going like, well, our predictive models are saying that, you know, this, you know, some virus in the wild could do this, you know, and we have the technology now to get in front of it rather than wiping out a portion of the population before coming out with the vaccine, right? Then if, if not scientists, right, and we can talk about government funding of these projects if you want to, and I'll probably be on your side with that um but i'm okay with scientists doing scientific research in those areas right oh no they found they found a reverse cure for aging you know the rolling back time what's that it it depends um who is doing the research and for what reason you know if their if their reason is to create a virus so that they can affect the world so that they can sell a vaccine then that's wrong and actually so that's kind of what they're doing even without uh having done it themselves so when when the accidental release happened in in china um they do they do have you know the mrna stuff um however um for the people who took the vaccine thank goodness right well it's not a vaccine what's that it's not a vaccine. Well, well, okay, spike proteins and all, not a real vaccine. But thank goodness that they have been developing this mRNA treatment for decades now, right? That it has no. been invented and didn't have practical application until SARS-CoV-19. No, because what happened is they, they released a supposed vaccine or cure uh, that 
can't possibly vaccinate people, cannot, cannot uh, create an immunity. And so what happens is th- this vaccine maybe makes the, the COOF a little bit uh, uh, less, less harmful. Sure. Uh, but what it, the, the main thing it does is it, is it ensures that the virus will mutate around that vaccine. And that's exactly what's happening over and over and over. Okay. So, so basically it keeps mutating and it's basically, it's kind of like a forced mutation because everybody's on these you know, fake vaccines. Sure. And so they will always be able to come out and say, well, we've got a new vaccine that will mutate it further and they will have another vaccine. And so it's a, it's a plan to always have this thing go around forever because they're making money off of it. They have no intention of curing people with a COVID-19 vaccine because they designed it intentionally not to work. Okay. Fine for that application. But one of the things that also went out either started before or in parallel to, you know, I don't, I haven't seen an article in it recently. Um, but there was a, you know, there were articles coming out about, uh, super gonorrhea, right? Treatment resistant gonorrhea that, you know, all of, all of modern medicine, you know, currently in existence, there's no, there's no cure or treatment for this super strain of gonorrhea. So be extra special careful with whom you have sex with, because if you catch this super strain, you're fucked, Mm -hmm. right? But where did the super strain come from, right? It's a mutation because we've been treating uh, STDs the same way with the same, you know, medicines and pills or whatever for however long we have, right? And then now that there's a super strain, they're they're going to go back into the lab, right, figure this one out, and then, you know, a decade or whatever from now, there's going to be the super-duper strain, right, that is resistant to the new treatment, and round and round it goes, you know. We've eradicated polio, well, somewhere in some areas, because apparently it's back, right? Like, what you know, whatever, whatever you thought you eradicated was, was that uh, Bill Gates' fault uh, that it was coming back, or that it, you know, yeah, I don't know that it came back. Sure, it, why not? Blame Bill. I don't care. I don't. I don't well, know. I, I think it was. I, I think what happened is is he was injecting people in India. Okay, and they're supposed to be using you know dead material or something like that, but. Um, Somehow it came back to life or something. Well, <laughs> I, can't I have to look into it. All right. But. Zombie polio. Well, whatever, you know, whatever it is, right. Every time they think, you know, every time they think they've eradicated something, right. Like, Oh, everyone got that MMR vaccines when they were kids, we've eradicated measles, mumps, and rubella, uh, until they're, you know, until the unvaccinated started catching the measles. Right. And the, the yeah. measles was well, a big I mean, thing several years ago. There's, there's people all over the world. Um, in, communities that that don't have any vaccines i mean like and they and they still have communities there's still people there it's like nobody's getting wiped out so understood but you know if the options are to take us to take a safe vaccine sure right, that's been you know proven over not, decades I, upon decades of use i'm, I'm not anti-vaccine either i okay. i am anti mrna jabs but sure it's different well that, that's different because it's new Right, the the Not unfortunate new, thing, it's it's fraudulent. <laughs> well, it's a scam. Well, it's a big if, scam. If you call it a vaccine, it's fraudulent, right? If you call it mRNA treatment, who gives a shit? Then take it voluntarily if you want to. 
right? But it's. I it's, mean, if 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 you want to mutate viruses in your own body and and uh, give yourself uh, uh, inflammation in your heart and uh, you know spike proteins growing all over the place, even in your brain, I'm sure. Well, again, because it's new, right? Like it, it's it's only been developed for a decade or more, or you know, or two couple decades, at, I think at most, right? And they they applied it to this scenario prematurely. I'll grant you that. But if the if the scientists and the doctors working on mRNA treatment, right, continue to study it, continue to test it, you know, 20, 30 years out, it may be viable for something that comes along then, right? It may be viable somewhere along the way with who knows whatever comes out, right? But right now, these short-term effects, right, are far more detrimental than the long-term benefits. And so there's, you know, how many how many drugs of, from the FDA are on the market that people take on a regular basis where the, the list of side effects is way outrageous compared to the benefits of the drug itself, right? That's, you know, it's not, it's not uncommon for that to be the case. And they continue to test it. They they wipe. They take drugs off the market when it's you know too ed, when the effects are too adverse and the side effects are too bad. Um, I think unfortunately with the mRNA treatment, well, I won't call it a vaccine. Uh, I think with the mRNA vaccine uh, mRNA treatment, um, it they it it was released prematurely uh, and unnecessarily as related to COVID nineteen, but. You know, can further research and development be done? Sure. You know, will it, will it, the effects change in the future? Maybe. You know, I mean, hard to predict. Yeah, that's that's true. Um, but scientists are working no, on it. Like that's that's their job, right? That's what they get paid to do, voluntarily or involuntarily, right? I you know I I will I will concede the involuntarily the involuntary source of scientific grants, you know. If, if we're going to have people working on it, right, scientists ought to be the ones, develop new medicine for new treatments, predict uh, ailments that may come up in the future and get ahead of it. Why would you not want to get ahead of it? I don't want to be on an iron lung forever if it was possible that a treatment could have been developed and made affordable by the time I need it. Yeah, and also you don't want to uh, take an experimental gene therapy uh, that, uh, you know, <laughs> you're right was i don't developed by trump our savior <laughs> you're right i absolutely don't right but if 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 20 years from now right they ran all the tests on this experimental gene therapy and they went like no adverse effects right if something came up in 20 years i may take that treatment because now it has 20 years of proven of proven results with no with no noticeable side effects or no noticeable uh, long term long term harm right but how do we get yeah. to that point it's because well, we started at some point in the past the, they'll they'll release their findings in 70 years so you can you can take it after 70 years yeah i'm i'm probably going to skip this one because that seems ridiculous yeah. right but you know other, you know one i i was I was sick a couple of weeks ago, and I don't know how much I shared uh, on air. But when I was younger, I was healthy, right? I exercised, I ate a you know relatively healthy diet, um, and I refused to take medicine, right? I was like, "Fuck this! I'm going to let my body handle it naturally. I'm going to build my immunity, and I'm not taking medicine, right? I will I will suffer through this bullshit 
um, you know, for the, the for the long term effects of yeah. built up immunity, right? And then I got sick. Well, now I'm old. I'm fucking fat. I'm out of shape. I can't run, and I'm tired of being miserable because I've been miserable since I decided not to take medicine. You know, as as a teen or whenever I made that decision myself. So I got sick, and I went fuck it. Give me the meds. Give me you know the the aspirin or the the nighttime cold and cough and flu or whatever, and let me just like not feel the effects like i don't care if it's taking care of the virus i'm only care about the symptoms right like the body's natural immunity you know that i've built up over 20 years of suffering uh will will take care of will take care of the underlying issue but i will take the assist on this one so i'm not miserable for the next few days right so i have altered my yeah. position on that but i've well, done so because they developed those medicines for decades Right. That that's good. Um and and I would not suggest anybody take that route, even even for a kid. Um getting rid of symptoms doesn't stop your immune system from gaining immunity. So it's just it's just getting rid of the symptoms. So you you'll you will still have a tough kid, uh, regardless whether you treat him with uh remedies that are that work pretty good. Okay. But that's what I did. I'm like, nope, I'm gonna I'm gonna suffer through it. Yeah, and now I'm now um, I won't. I've, I know I've done enough. Do, I know other people who do that. My my girlfriend is one of them. Yeah, see, and and you know if it's if it's placebo, fine. If it works, great. If it doesn't work, oh well, too late now. <laughs> but all I know is I you know I I spent I spent one day a little bit miserable in the last couple of weeks, and then you know I took drugs for a few days. And I went, okay, you know, I'm not miserable enough to continue the, you know, the drug remedy. I'm going to get off of it and go do other things. But again, it's because they, those drugs have been on the market, right, for decades. We know what the long-term effects are, which is why they only, you know, they only recommend small doses for a limited amount of time, right? When I, when I broke my leg and I was in chronic pain, right, I went to a, a neighbor friend um, who's, you know, an an, an opioid addict of some kind. I don't know what her daily regimen is. Um, but I said like, if I'm going to get addicted to like painkillers, you know, what should I take? And she went 10 milligram oxy. And I went interesting. And she went, well, because the, no matter how much oxy is in the drugs you get, right. They all have the same amount of acetaminophen and that's the shit that kills your liver. Right. So if you start taking five milligram oxys, right, with the same amount of acetaminophen, and then you eventually, you know, get bored of that and you up your dose to 10, well, now you're doubled up on the acetaminophen, right, rather than just taking one 10-milligram oxy. I go, hmm. valid point, right? And I go, well, why not more? And she's like, well, start with 10, right? If you, you know, if you get to the point where you need more, then fine, but don't, don't take two 10s, right? At that point, you have to up it to 120, Um if you need it, I went good information. Thank you for the advice. And then I never, I did not get addicted to painkillers, but oh, it crossed good. my mind, right? Cause I was suffering through it. And even with physical therapy, I'm like, well, you, t you tell me doc, if I, if, you know, if going to the gym and rehabbing my leg is a temporary situation, right? Like if I'm in pain while I'm at the gym and I'll eventually build the muscle enough, strong enough where I'm not in pain, like I can suffer through this. And he's like, yeah, go ahead and suffer through it then and we'll, we'll see what happens, right? <laughs> and it didn't go away, right? Like I, I suffered and my muscle got stronger and I was still in chronic pain. 
You know, how's it now? Uh, the 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 chronic pain is gone, uh, but because because I don't go to here's the thing because I don't go to the gym regularly, uh, that particular leg is quick to diminish and start to not not completely atrophy, but start to atrophy again. Like my legs, you know, my legs got up to about the same size from you know fucking leg day, right? Um, and now the the bad leg is smaller than the good leg again, like the muscle the muscle shrank more rapidly than the good leg. So unless so unless I commit to like a consistent gym regimen where I'm keeping them both the same, um, it shrinks down. And you know if I walk too much or I climb stairs too much or I carry heavy shit or if I just do my job wrong. Right, it's it swells up and it's painful by the time I get home from work. So the chronic pain is gone, but any any sort of physical exertion like wrecks me. Uh, yep. I see. So I just don't do any physical exertion, right? Like, <laughs> which is why I'm fucking old and fat and out of shape, and now I need medicine. Yep. Final thoughts? Uh, no, thanks. All right, we can wrap it up here then. We missed you, KS. I thought you were joining us, buddy. Uh, but that'll do it for us this week. You guys know where to find us, anarchistexperience.com, on Telegram, t.me slash anarchistexperience, or t.me slash theanarchistexperience. And if you would like to contribute to the show financially, you can do so through Patreon, patreon.com slash theanarchistexperience. Thank you very much for listening, and we'll talk to you all next week. Peace.